the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. Get to the nines and ones today, TJ. We're finally there. We will have nothing to talk about. I don't listen to music by nines. The, we actually off mic have talked about how much we don't like sometimes the the posture and heart that comes out in the songs written by our own type. Right. Yep. I'd be curious if that's true of others. I would be too. My wife loves the hell out of three music though. <laughs> uh, yeah, because three music is all about pumping you up. That makes sense. All about how amazing you are. Throw on some Lizzo. It's going to just elevate your self-esteem right there. Ooh. Maybe not Lizzo, though. I mean, that's what she does. There, L- Lizzo's uh, in a little bit of hot water right now. Oh, so. is that right? I didn't hear this. Yeah, apparently she t- treats her staff like crap. Uh, <sighs> okay, so don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a little island of where it's like, I just want to enjoy the art. I don't yeah. care about mm-hmm. the artists. Mm-hmm. I don't I care about yep. the artists at all. Yep. They they could be, I, I recognize they're all trash. Yep. I get it. Yeah, everyone's everyone's broken. TJ, you're not a huge Beatles fan. I'm not a huge Beatles fan. I love me some Beatles. Yeah. Eh. Do Beatles count as classic rock? I think that depends a lot on who you're asking. Yeah. Because if you're asking the radio, basically anything <laughs> before like seven years ago is classic rock. That's <laughs> true. Like when, I heard someone like... <laughs> refer to Nirvana as classic rock once, and I was like, um. I was driving around just recently. I mean, I'm getting mail from AARP, and I mm-hmm. hit the classic rock station on the radio, and Linkin yep. Park was on there, and I'm just like, yeah. well, hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently. And it is classic, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we've we've arrived. <laughs> So here's the thing about nines. What is it? Tell me the thing. Nines are great artists. When when nines get up and engage and do the thing, mm-hmm. nines are always great artists. Sure. It's likewise the case that when nines are composing, there is the element that we've talked about with nines, that they can see the, the other side. They can see the perspectives of others. Sure. And in some of the music that we're going to see, I feel like that that comes out. We haven't mentioned the gentleman before, mm-hmm. but m- many people. Re- <laughs> when whenever I tell people we have an Enneagram podcast, Enneagram, oh, have you heard Sleeping at Last's album? Like this is fifty percent of the time, and the answer is yes, yes, we have heard the Sleeping at Last album. Hey TJ, did you know that yeah. he's a nine? I did know that, in fact. Which yeah. this would this would we're not going to go through any of. Of his music, although his stuff on the planets, if you want a great album, the stuff that he does, uh, Mercury through Mars, is just amazing. You gotta find those. Yeah. Um, his album, just the concept itself, I'm going to sing from the songs from the perspective of these other types. Nine. That's a great yep. insight into 
nine's approaching relationship in the world. Yep, absolutely. And please don't hear us say that it's not great music. It is really good. We have enjoyed listening to it. We just also, <laughs> it's it's not new to us. So I have a buddy named that. Uh, Rob Ely. Mm-hmm. And half the time people will, will go, your name is Robert Ely? Did you know? <laughs> it's one of those he's had of this things. name his entire life right? <laughs> and he's just now learning that his name is robert e lee no he's not he knew that yeah. he's also a history major which makes it even more funny yeah um no he's one of those like he'll play it's like i've never thought about this <laughs> kind of thing anyway <laughs> Speaking of the Beatles. Speaking of the Beatles. So George Harrison doesn't have a ton of music. George Harrison's story and the few charts that he has, I think, have a great element to nineness. Yeah. It has always been the case that it it was believed, you know, the breakup of the Beatles is really between uh, John and Paul. Right. And there, there was a fantastic documentary recently by Peter Jackson called Get Back. And, and, and another example of, have you guys seen, Jeff has seen this, and I don't care about the Beatles enough to watch it. <laughs> no. So it, Jeff has, I have not. There's the answer to that question. Very difficult if you're not a Beatles fan to watch that movie. Yeah. It, it's, it's, really, it's a slow burn for sure. But it's, it's actually George Harrison, the nine. Who's really the one who says, "Okay, I'm done," and it just he mm, hits a hits a tipping point, and then it's over. Is it because he's sick of mom and dad fighting and he just bails? I think it might be that element. Yeah, and you been there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll know what it's like to work with a one and an eight who are artists who have a mm-hmm. lot of creative energy and a lot of tension mm-hmm. between them. Mm-hmm. Who they they can live in that tension, but it may be difficult for you, and, and especially if your if your presence doesn't matter, if the contributions that you're bringing to the table are often set aside, right? Which right. is something that's that this is again not in the music, but it's really worth naming. Uh, George Harrison's part of the band from the beginning, right? He he gets one song on each album. Right, you know, yeah, that's the thing, and he feels that, y'all. He totally does. Yeah, and his songs are fantastic, uh, especially near the end. His song on Abbey Road and his song on the White Album, which we're gonna hit today, are are, are you know both top fifteen Beatles charts. Right, does not lack skills. I heard that when he released his like, you know, the band broke up. He released his you know, his own album mm-hmm. and in sales wise, it did like, like as well or better than a Beatles release. Sure. Which I bet was nice confirmation for him. Yeah. I'll have other things to say about it once we get to, to that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with here comes the sun. Okay. Here comes the sun. Doo-doo-doo. Just the title physical and optimistic. Yeah. Seriously. You know what this song is going to be about just from hearing the title. It's hard to get away from nines moving to that spot in their music where they just say, it's all right. It's going to be all right. And and I think in all of our artists, maybe with the exception of the last one, it's just every little thing is going to be all right. 
It's a thing. It's it's part of our our whole jam. It's your it's, might be the <laughs> might be the one bullet in your gun. <laughs> right. Okay, right. we're gonna solve this problem. It's yeah. all right. Nah, just just put down the gun. We don't need to bring guns into this, Jeff. It's gonna be all right. It's the only tool in your toolbox. That's <laughs> I, I used the military metaphor, and I was like, that was that was too far. That's not that's not how we do it. We want to de-escalate the situation. Speaking of, that's the posture of the song. Mm-hmm. You want to know what's going on in the heart of, of a nine? darling even though it's been a cold and lonely winter feels like it's been years since you've been here here comes the sun and it's all right (laughs) it's all right he's saying this to somebody else this is i I need to really remind myself to talk about how this these songs are also about the writer this is him singing to himself as well yeah right absolutely well and i think it it represents this sort of posture that the nines carry which like we're we're fighting against the conflict out there but we're also fighting against the conflict in here in ourselves and so it that that it's going to be all right it's not just us trying to convince them it's also us trying to convince us like that that's part of the like in the positive outlook of of trying to sort of like ignore the problem we're not just doing that to try and move past it we're also trying to convince ourselves to ignore it mm-hmm. like it's gonna be all right is is our mantra and it's not just sharing it with everyone it's our own way of trying to cope is just like just you know just get through it just get through it it's gonna be all right just get through it it's gonna be all right person in front of you feels calm probably helps you feel calm yep it's it's better that way it's great bang i want to hit just real quickly a what i would assume is an unknown track for most and it's called don't bother me it's again one of his Mm -hmm. few releases but it was on 1963's with the beatles he's 20 years old and he's singing about a breakup and just going to that sure. spot, I thought, well, that's interesting, being the nine that he is. Since she's been gone, I want no one to talk to me. It's not the same, but I'm to blame. It's plain to see. So go away, leave me alone. Don't bother me. And that refrain of don't bother me comes up throughout the song. It's obviously the title. I can't believe that she would leave me on my own It's just all right when every night I'm all alone I've got no time for you right now, don't bother me thing that hit me here was disconnection And that was something mm-hmm. that I was hoping you could talk about Yeah, yeah, there's a We are attachment types and, and nines Like they attach to the things that work And then they fully separate from the things that don't like the things that steal our peace we just leave we bail we we get out of there and and there's a like very severe separation represented in this it's it's even if i'm the cause of the problem i like the separation is really clear it's it's like it is a detachment from processing from other people from like the whole situation just don't bother me just leave me alone 
and I'll come out of this hole when I'm ready to come out of this hole. Yep. And and the thing that the the big thing about that that struck me with this song is that like it's a very physical description. It's yep. uh like the he's talking about wanting to be alone. He's talking about like to another person, leave me alone, go away, don't bother me. It's not like like sort of the four retreat of I have to process my feelings and I have to step away. But if you come with me, I'll, I'll process them out loud. Like it, it's not that kind of retreat. It's a like, please leave me alone. I need some time to deal with this. Two things that strike me as obvious about nines is their underlying feeling is anger mm-hmm. and their withdrawn type. And here's the thing. Yeah. I seldom see nines withdraw in anger. Mm-hmm. This is hidden from the rest of us. You probably, oh, yeah. you we, probably, we withdrawal in order to hide the anger. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, we didn't realize it. Yeah, and and what Sne- sneaky nines that you are. <laughs> <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. I'm gonna take this over here. <laughs> yep, yep. Because <laughs> we don't want that anger to come out and cause conflict. And that's not how this works. And here he's in, you know. He's in his bedroom, he's writing his lyrics, and now mm-hmm. it's coming out. Now it's being yeah. put on the page, perhaps even. I don't feel like this is a spastic song, but but it's certainly articulating that, as you were saying. I'm going to dig a hole. Yep. Another angry song. That was the thing that hit me with this last song. I was like, I think this song is really angry. And I wouldn't have said that going in, and it's While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Mm-hmm. This is off the White Album. you all see the love that they're sleeping while my guitar gently weeps i look at the floor i see it needs sweeping said no nine ever i got this guy wrong (laughs) (laughs) still well actually you can observe that it needs sweeping i i was gonna say that like i look at the floor and i see it needs sweeping still my guitar gently weeps i'm i'm literally observing that something needs to be done and i'm sitting here noodling on my guitar like that that you could just that one stanza is enough for us to go on here (laughs) (laughs) moves to the chorus which 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 you know goes into the falsetto and it feels kind of rich and beautiful I don't know why nobody told you how to unfold your love. I don't know how someone controlled you. They bought and sold you. 
the chorus is 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 beautiful. It's laid out there as something kind of rich to enjoy. And it, again, it just strikes me as the the song is beginning to just unfold itself as just filled with anger. Mm. And and to me, it's it's frustration at being able to see someone else better than they can see themselves. Mm, yeah. And notice in even he has a radar for control. Right. Yep. There's also the nobody told you how to unfold your love means he's not being loved by the person in the way that he wants to. Yeah. All of us want to be loved. The presence not mattering angle, I think, is going to sneak into a lot of this song. Mm, yeah. I look at the world and I notice it's turning while my guitar gently weeps. You know who's not part of the world turning? This is like a di- very disconnected posture. Yeah, he's. It, it's an observation that something is happening to him. While my guitar gently weeps. Is there anything worth saying about that phrase? While my guitar gently weeps. I have always understood this phrase to be like the way that he is sort of participating in the world around him is a way that he can be present without being present, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like thinking of like the the guy who brings his guitar to a local coffee shop, but he just sort of like sits there and noodles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a friend. We have a friend who's actually a seven, but but he just like he's if there is an instrument to be played, he's usually playing it and he's in the room and maybe some people will join him for a few minutes, but he's just sitting there playing and like taking part in the conversations around him, but he's still just playing. And I kind of imagine that as a, as a way of like, if I could play guitar, I feel like I would do that. Just like being present without having to be fully present gives me the opportunity to actually observe what's going on and insert where I want to and pull back when I want to. And like, there's, there's this, there's this great, like in the room without being part of the room kind of thing to it. Thing I hear here is kind of an outsourcing of emotions. Nines clearly aren't feeling repressed, but I don't know that nines want to showcase their full range of emotions to the people mm, in front of them. Sure. But yeah. this guitar is weeping. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I love that too. Yeah. Last line is a another great nine phrase. Cause I'm sitting here doing nothing but aging and still my guitar gently weeps. Last line. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing yeah. nothing. Has uh, you could speak to and but he, uh, very aware that the you know the clock's ticking on his life mm-hmm. it's not an active kind of posture like i i am aware that i am aging mm-hmm. end of sentence <laughs> <laughs> i'm not doing anything about it i'm just aware of it <laughs> this thing that is happening to me that's it it's a very passive receiving of mm-hmm what the world is handing you. I'd also like to acknowledge that, that, uh, cause I, I, I've been talking about this for several days and like bringing up George Harrison. Cause I, there's one song in particular from him that I just, I literally cannot stand. And like there, there's this thing about, anyway, uh, my favorite two Beatles songs are while my guitar gently weeps and heavy. Huh? 
sure, and sure. I keep forgetting to say heavy <laughs> when I talk about this because I love heavy. Because like there's there's just this physical nature to it that like I feel heavy in my in my body. Yeah, it's I love heavy. Good. That's all. But not a fan of the the sitar Harrison music. Oh man, it. Just... There's two types of music in hell, TJ. It's sitar music and contemporary Christian. <laughs> I, yes. I, yes. I kid you not. I, I did a funeral or a, a celebration of life on Wednesday. The request was, well, she listened to a lot of contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. Put on Bach. <laughs> that yep. was it. Was very clear that they wanted mm-hmm. to to have her to honor her. And I was like, no. You know what? These these arrangements by Bach really are much much. <laughs> will set the mood and timber, and we will all mm-hmm. enjoy ourselves. This is the mm-hmm. music of heaven, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some about and and it's not even the sitar i've heard good sitar no you haven't no i have no no uh, like th- there is some good stuff out there because sitar is a whole like it represents a whole cultural thing i get it i get it but it's the nonsense of george harrison's writing post Beatles that i just i cannot there's something about it that i cannot stand I got my mind set on you. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing that into my head. Weird Al's co- uh, <laughs> parody of that is this is called "This Song's Just Six Words Long," <laughs> and then he sings that over and over. Couldn't think of Love any it. lyrics. <laughs> Another nine. Whose anger is in their songs, but strikes me as a much for for the sake of just the stuff coming out in their music, just strikes me as a very healthy person is Bob Marley. Mm, yeah, Bob Marley strikes me as a really healthy nine, ex- mm-hmm. expressing his anger in ways that are productive. Seems like an active sort of person for the for the for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I say that, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. You sure? You sure about that? I mean, that? he's touring with a band. That's that's yeah. doing some stuff. <laughs> Maybe the thing that he actually is like really excelling at is starting of movement. Yeah. That he doesn't have to take part in. <laughs> there you go. He says instrumental to the creation of a culture is you know, the Beach Boys are to California. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Like this. He started a whole thing. Yeah. But he doesn't have to do a lot of work. Well, he didn't have to do a lot of work for that thing. Was himself. Yep. He was singing the song. I mean, it's, what would that be? It's it's not folk, but it's you know, like indigenous music. It's music that is of a time and of a people, mm-hmm. and it's coming out of the heart. It's like folk music. Right. Coming out at this specific time. Here's our heart. We all know it. Yeah. He's a centerpiece. Yeah. And it, it's it's important and it means something. Yeah. And it it's also like there's a sense of for those who have ears, let them hear yeah. to this. Like like I say things totally. all the time that are like if other people recognize the joke or the thing behind the thing that I'm saying, we'll know. And I don't I don't need other people to acknowledge it. But if the like if the person in front of me doesn't understand the thing behind the thing, we just move on. Yeah, 
you know, like that. My goal is not to change other people's minds. It's sort of to identify those who are already like-minded. Yeah. No, lots of prophetic kinds of posturing and prophetic, Mm -hmm. not in the sense of I'm predicting the future. It's prophetic in terms of naming injustice in ways that motivate and inspire and and create context. We, mm-hmm. t- just to pitch it again, I loved our episodes on love songs, which was a couple years ago, when we got to, we did Bob Marley's love songs at the time, and I recognize in, in the moment now that No Woman No Cry is not a love song, and we talked about that, but that was one of my right. favorite deep dives into a song. I remember getting really emotional when we were talking about mm-hmm. that, and because of the heart coming out for his land, his people, and his place in all of that. Yeah, Here, that's a connected person. There's a connected yeah. mind, and and connected on a on a holistic level that is bigger than just like like it, it is not obvious yeah. in any way, right? Uh, but legend, and I realize it's a compilation, but legend's just a masterpiece of a, an album. Yeah, could you be loved? Thinking is not right. Love would never leave us alone. On the darkness, there must be light. Could you be loved? It's again, it's again kind of undercover for me. Similar mm-hmm. to while my guitar gently weeps. It's like I don't think I realize with Bob Marley's music that it's so revolutionary and so like antagonistic against somebody. I think that uh, "No Woman No Cry" is a is a great example for that. Like it. it it it's going to be easier to point this out with no woman no cry but because it's it is a song about a revolution like it's not it's not no woman no cry it's there there's so much more going on in what the song is and and there's like if the thing that you're looking for is to be part of weed culture then you're never then you're not going to see the thing that's under the thing but Bob Marley is presenting the under the thing thing here, mm-hmm. and and he is is giving voice to the people who want to be who want to be represent part of that change. But right. part of it is, and and this is this is one of the places where like it's really weird to say revolution when you're talking about nines. But part of what he's doing, and I think we see that in bits and pieces here in in Could You Be Loved, is that he also does not want anyone to do something that they wouldn't do anyway. 
He's he's not trying to yeah. change. He's not trying to change minds and hearts. He's trying to give inspiration to the thing that's already there. Even zigzag. Yeah. Don't let him change you, or even rearrange you. Yeah. No nose for nuts. Yep. No, I think that's right. It's this is who you are. I'm not here to change you. I am here to create a context where things are holistic and we're in this together. Mm-hmm. We're not separated and we're doing this in community. Yep. Yep. The holy idea for nines is love. Yeah. And it comes out, I think, in the way that it should for nines in this song. Could you be loved? Yeah. Then be loved. That's actually an instruction to yep. somebody who's not receiving the love that's there. Yeah. And notice it's an active receiving, and that's something nines need to do is receive that. It's also him articulating your presence matters. Mm-hmm. Could you be loved? Then be loved. Yep. And and acknowledging that like there is a, a, a sort of call to action, mm-hmm. but the call to action is entirely your choice. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Um. And then there's these, like the prophets do, then sometimes there's just these meditations on birds. It's a very Jesus way of being in the world. <laughs> Don't worry about a thing. Another song about the sun rising from a nine. Right. Apparently, there's there's something about nature that we like. Uh, that's worth talking about. Yeah. And it, if it was possible for me to be awake during the sunrise, I would love to watch the sunrise. <laughs> well, that's crazy early. That's nonsense. Lots of nines that I've experienced l- want to or enjoy getting out of the city, getting out of the busy. Mm-hmm. If I'm out in nature, there's no expectations, no demands, no noise. These are places of connection. Yeah, it's there's a oneness with nature that that I think a lot of us experience. That I I can't explain it. It's it's like entering into the the homeostasis of the earth. It is an expression of justice. It is a desire for justice, but it it it's it's spun as harmony. Yeah. I want to be yep. The harmonious side of justice. Justice is about everything being right. And if I'm in tune with the natural order in myself and the world out there, I feel feel good. Yep, it's true. I can be, I don't know if that's a, an active way 
a, a healthier way of withdrawing. If I'm like, look, I'll see you in a few days. I realize you're not a camper. But for the nine who does kind of say, I'm withdrawing into this space, is that an mm -hmm. active withdrawal? Is that like a chosen, can that be healthier? Is that like, is that on the edge of being unhealthy? I'm just going to go off into the wilderness. I think it could be either. Um, I like you said that I'm not a camper and I was like, what? I'm totally a camper. I love camping. But then I remember that it's actually too much work. So I don't <laughs> camp. I love camping and it's just so much work, man. You just have to do so many things and like go buy stuff and find a camp. And especially now when you have to compete with other people for space, that's, ugh, I hate that. My beloved mother could have said everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love camping and I, it's just too much work. Uh, but yeah, the the idea of of that retreat, the withdrawal from, um, like this this is one of the reasons that I hate going to busy campgrounds because like you go to a busy campground and you have the person who's running their generator till ten o'clock at night so that they can watch sports on their TV <laughs> and it's like that. Why did you come to the woods to do that? You could just stay at home in your comfy chair. Why why are you out here doing that? It's getting but, in the way of your feng shui and your connection. That is correct. Right? The retreating from work to be connected. We someday we might go through through Bible writers, just because I'm fascinated by this. But we've talked sure. off mic, TJ and I, about Moses as a nine. Mm -hmm. The primary thing Moses does when he enters Egypt is not to just rescue the people. He says to the Pharaoh, "We need to take three days to go out of town and to to have you know a time where where we." present our sacrifices to our gods and we'll be back right right and it's like the the time of resting in order to have a connected moment this is anyway that's something it's a theme i think yeah i think i mean realistically we could talk a lot about moses and i just the short pitch here the the thing that he does when he comes on the scene as a as an adult is like he has a burst of anger and he accidentally kills someone and then he runs away right and then while he's there, while he's run away, he runs away and God meets him. And then there he's, he, he tries to get out of what God's trying to tell him to do. And then he goes back to Egypt and says, we need to leave. And like at every step of the way, then the, like they finally get out of, of Egypt and are, are in the desert. And what does Moses do? He goes up on a mountain by himself. Right. <laughs> Takes him 40 years to get from here to there. That's serious. That's some that's some good nine leadership right there. <laughs> Nines can be fantastic <laughs> leaders, but sometimes maybe we meander a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I'm just not in a hurry. Meandering is a better word. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, look over there. Well, let's go see that rock. You know why? Because the whole time Moses is singing, "Don't worry about a thing." Cause don't worry. Every little thing's gonna worry. be all right. It's gonna be all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Bob Marley in his heart, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay, so this last artist, I pick up Nikki Sticks. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I did th I did a three hour the anti nine three hour workout today. Ugh, Burned me twenty two hundred calories. Still not losing weight, but still. <laughs> accidentally went to work today. <laughs> that's, 
That's what happened to me. <laughs> Stevie Nicks. I don't think that I would have just jumped to Stevie Nicks as a nine, except for I saw her interviewed. And I mm. watched her and I said, that's my mom. That, sure. That's exactly yeah. who my mom is right there. Yeah. And I get that. So, so I jumped into to her music. Stevie Nicks is the fantastic. Uh, she's not necessarily the lead vocalist because they trade, but um, mm-hmm. front person for Fleetwood Mac. What's interesting about Fleetwood Mac is arguably their best album, Rumors, is written in the midst of massive conflict. The, right. There's two romantic breakups taking place, and they decide yeah. to move forward anyway. In the band. Yeah, in the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so the, the conflict around her is interesting to me on this front. And yeah, yeah there's lots to be, lots to say. Um, I want to start with Landslide on this. Great. Nick sings. I took my love, took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills till the landslide brought me down. Just pausing there. We already talked about getting out of here, getting into nature. Mm-hmm. She's clearly looking for answers. Look where she goes. And and even if this is metaphorical, it's still like a, the fact of using metaphorical nature imagery yep. is is real. Very physical images. And we I don't know, we should probably say more about this, but the idea of, you know, of digging a hole so deep that you can bury yourself in in it is just mm-hmm. something that comes out in nines and it's here the landslide, like the image of a landslide is severe. And it's, again, yeah. it's an image of burial at some point. And it's also one of those like unstoppable force kind of yeah, things. There you go. Something like, happening to you. Yeah. Mudslide, landslide, lava flow. Like there, there are some of these things. It's just like it is, you, you don't get to do anything about them. They just happen. And they can be slow moving and horribly destruct. Like, like they, they're going to change the landscape, period. Next verse, I want to unpack with you. Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can a child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Can I handle the seasons? pause there because it feels like she's mentally spinning in that space she's mm-hmm. asking questions that are, that are kind of you know i don't know that they have <laughs> clear answers at all and and the mental spinning that you might see with a six yeah is coming out there and so and it, it would not strike me uh, surprise me at all if this song is not written from a place from from a six-ish kind of space yeah well it is <laughs> written from a place of stress yeah well allegedly as said before <laughs> yeah well from the uh from the artist that um like the, it's written from like out of a place of having to adjust to the turmoil that was going on in their life at that moment yep and like she had to get a job as a waitress and she was at in in a looking at the mountains and saying 
a landslide is actually a good representation for what's happening to me right now. Right. Like part of the reason that we resist change so much is because without having a really clear anchored sense of who we are, we think that life is going to change us. Mm-hmm. And and so you see you see her asking, can the child within my heart rise above? Well, I'm not in touch with the child in my heart. But if this changes me so much, then that might do damage to the thing that I don't have control over now. And, and can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Like, like the, the change of life, the things that are happening around the seasons, like all of that, it causes, like nines don't handle that kind of change well. We want things to be stable homeostasis to be to be harmonious and and to you know it, if the thing that we're doing right now could go on forever that's fine right you know until i get bored and then i want to do something different but like i want to be the author of that change i don't want that change to force me to change it's a great marriage of the six and the nine i'm afraid of changing mm-hmm. and and it, anything might happen yeah and the mental spinning that's taking place there because she's disconnecting. Yep. And that's right. the next part. Well, I've been afraid of changing because I've built my life around you. But time makes you bolder. Even children get older and I get older too. Nines, sixes, and threes all detach from relationships, and they attach in order to connect. They attach, so mm-hmm. nines are going to attach in order to find that what that physical my presence matters here. Mm-hmm. My body feels comfortable here. Yep. And this clearly is a space that she's detaching from. Yeah. And that that holistic understanding that we are that our lives are intertwined, and the things that you do affect me, and the things that I do affect you, and the the fact that that situation is not how it was anymore is upending everything that I know. Yeah. Last thing here for me is that just to backtrack a little bit, the can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? All of these feel like they're seeking optimism. Mm. Like my optimistic spinning didn't work, and that's why now I'm in stress. But now sure. she's trying to get back into her problem-solving mode. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but but in a way that is trying to force it. Yeah. Don't, a little bit. Nobody likes to live in stress. Got Right. Right. Well, if you go with Stevie Nicks as a nine, then two of the other songs ought to be talked about. And I wanted to hit Dreams and Edge of 17, especially the beginning of Edge of 17. It's good. You will know uh, Dreams from... The TikTok video of the gentleman on the skateboard with the with the soda. Ooh, bad news bears. That's, I do not know do what you're know. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you Google that. I don't know the TikTok. Now here you go again. You say you want your freedom. Well, who am I to keep you down? <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so hard at that. <laughs> because it's saying it all for me. I don't have to explain this. <laughs> It's only right that you should 
play the way you feel it, but listen carefully to the sound of your loneliness like a heartbeat drives you mad and the stillness of remembering what you had and what you lost and what you had and what you lost. There's a lot to say here. Do you want to go? Okay, so think about the stereotypical breakup and like the person who is sort of on the receiving end of the breakup being like, you don't know what you had. Mm -hmm. I'm the best thing that's ever, like that kind of attitude toward the breakup. Nines don't do that. We say, you do you. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, this is what I think should happen. And, and I'm going to try and predict what you're about to experience from making this terrible choice. But if this is what you want to do, you do you, man. And that feels like what this song is. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about, like, I, I read it as weaponizing disconnection here. Like, mm. like she doesn't want to feel disconnected if she's yeah. a nine. That's what's so tough for her is feeling disconnected. And so in spitting out the you know the hurt it's we were connected this was a place of comfort but you want your freedom yeah who am i to keep you down there's a huge Mm -hmm. withdrawal step there by the way yep yep i don't matter she might as well keep you down yeah read it as weaponizing disconnection here like like she doesn't want to feel disconnected if she's a nine that's what's so tough for her is feeling disconnected and so in spitting out the you know the hurt it's we were connected this was a place you know of of comfort but you but you want your freedom who am I to keep you down? That 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 huge. There's a huge withdrawal step there. By the way, I don't matter. She might as well have said that. Oh, thunder only happens when it's raining. Players only love you when they're playing. Say, women, they will come and they will go. When the rain washes you clean, you'll know. You'll know. 
I think players only love you when they're playing is, is one of the great rock lines. Just, just love the hell out of that line, especially since you like you can see the player just to her right that she's singing right. next to. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also love that, like, the amount of times that I'll say something that I want to be directed specifically at a person, but I'll be addressing someone else who's next to them while I'm saying it. <laughs> Like this actually happened earlier to me at the coffee shop. I was trying to give sort of a like almost like relationship advice to someone. But I knew if I made eye contact with that person, then it would make it a little bit too real. So I was saying it literally right next to them to someone else. Dare we say a passive aggressive way of doing things. You might say passive aggressive. (laughs) I love that this line in my heart now will always be. This is this is like the height of passive aggressiveness. I'm gonna sing yep. it to millions of people while sing you're right there. Into a microphone. <laughs> you're literally standing next to me. I'm not gonna look at you while I'm saying it. I'm gonna say it to them. You know I'm saying it to you though. <laughs> you're gonna force me to write and record this album. <laughs> this is how it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Also, but the next line, the next line is nine. Women, they will come and they will go. And when the rain washes you clean, you'll know. You know who she's not? Just all these other women. Yep. Because her presence matters. And she's, yep. there is a an element of, you know, it's not I'm different, but I'm valuable. Mm-hmm. And she. And apparently you're not going to learn that lesson until you've already screwed it up too bad. Yeah. She's communicating that through the nine tools that she has. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't have. I mean, all of us have tools for articulating our brokenheartedness in these sorts yeah. of situations, and this is yeah. these are the tools. Yeah, and and said another way, like I think there's a sorry fellow nines if I'm outing something for you here, but I I get a tremendous amount of enjoyment watching people who have not valued me fail at the thing that I was doing after I've left. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I bring particular skills to certain arenas, and w- when people don't recognize what I'm actually, the, the good, the, the necessity that I am, the, the thing that I am providing when I am there, and then I leave, and now they, the thing isn't working anymore. I enjoy that very much in part because there's a little bit of me that's a very bad person and in other part because that gives me an understanding of my own value even if they didn't say it. It's a great illustration actually of exactly what you're saying. That's low side three place to be. Yes. You're in a place of yep. security and that's your reflection. Yeah. I, yep. if, you, if we had hung out a little longer, if you hadn't bailed, we would have been successful. But you didn't recognize what I brought to the table, so good luck. Have it. I have just uh, to reciprocate on that. Like I have exactly the same posture, and all mine is we could have gone on some really great adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Now you're stuck, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> See you later. Call me never. <laughs> <laughs> and detach. I love it. Just seventeen. Uh. <laughs> this part of the, part of the thing that makes this so wonderful is that 
the person I envisioned singing this is actually Jack Black. Yep. <laughs> Flapping the arms. Yeah. Walking across the bar towards Kisak. <laughs> The thing that stands out in this is that there's a very passive understanding yes. of this situation. That's exactly it. Yeah. That like like observe almost like observing it from the outside of the like an out of body experience observing something happening to me. This is I should have said this. This is not a Fleetwood Mac song. This right. is her singing on her own album. Yep. <laughs> and she has some distance. <laughs> and that's exactly right. She can now she has past tools to engage mm-hmm. you know all of this stuff. She's going to sing about who she was at 17 and that's not who she is mm-hmm. anymore. Line yep. that hits me in the web that is my own. I begin again. That is control. That is about my space. Mhm. There's also like a, a sort of like an aggressiveness yeah. to this song. And apparently she's a spider. <laughs> There's a forwardness to it that represents like like we see her in in some grabbing onto some form of security that she hasn't necessarily represented well yep. in the past. Yep. And and like she comes out. I mean actually, all right, to build on that, it's not just the spider metaphor, but kind of the passive aggressiveness comes out here. But notice, as we were kind of saying before, she goes to villainous three space a little bit here in terms of Mm -hmm. she's singing about the same guy that she broke up with. Mm -hmm. And she's going to say something mean about his appearance. He was no more than a baby. He seemed brokenhearted. Something within him didn't have strength. Just a little kid. He seemed brokenhearted. And that really sucks for him. Sure. Kind of failure at life apparently <laughs> that feels like some low three kind of jabs if i if i'm saying she's a nine what's going on here because mm. she's in sure. a place of security yeah i get what you're saying but the and and could be because i'm i'm on this side of passive aggression but like to me this this is much more about like sort of observing that like she saw him as more than he actually was at the time, and realistically, at the time, he was just a broken-hearted baby. Mm. She had the ability to raise up this person that didn't have a whole lot going for him. Yeah, yeah. Her presence mattered yeah. in his successes. Yeah. yeah. 
and and like if only she could have seen it at the time it might have gone different because oh that's a broken-hearted baby not a person that i should unite myself to yeah and also, at the same time, it's sort of like, it, it's a little bit generous in saying, yeah, things went badly. But also, he was he was kind of a baby. So, like, like what more could you expect from him? Right. That's, I, mean, yeah. I mean, that just <laughs> that feel, that feels uh, <laughs> like some low three digs right there. Sure, yeah. Uh, again, this side of passive aggression, <laughs> I, I see it differently. <laughs> That's good. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying he was a baby. He had no idea what he was doing. Last word on the nines and what's going on uh, with the nines' relationship to themselves here. Uh, I want to make a real quick honorable mention yeah. for nines. I did this with sevens as well, but with nines, the, the, the one person that I have been struggling with for, for a long time, and I, I'm asking for help from our listeners as well on this, because I think Dolly Parton might be a nine. And I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five But the, the, just the overall person of Dolly Parton She is a massively successful human being Who is tremendously on stage for most of her life and she's very good at what she does. She's she has this presence about her that that is is huge in not just music but also philanthropy. And she's a, an excellent actor who has done some really great stuff. And like she's she's all over the place. She's she's a big personality occupying a large space in the world. And I think it's possible that her ambition actually stems from wanting to make her presence matter yeah and and to prove that her presence matters and there's um like she grew up poor she grew up in an environment that was not really conducive to to her having any power over her life and like even the early parts of her career she did not have control and a big part of that was that she was a woman and so what she did was became like the woman the big blonde hair and and the physical features of like this is a woman that exists for one purpose and then she took control of everything mm -mm. and like she she brought her presence to bear in a way that does not demand attention but it says it like like you can't not pay attention because her her presence is is so much yeah she's got a, a charisma yes but if, yeah. if you watch if you watch nine to five she's not the one that's the most you know outgoing of the right of the three yes. it's what it's jane fonda and her and uh lily tomlin yeah. like yeah. fonda and lily tomlin those are some big personalities yes and you see that in their lives yeah, too right yeah, and the rest of their careers. Uh, with Dolly Parton, like I, I, it's interesting to me how much she collaborates with other people. Yes. Uh, the fact that she uh, wrote Jolene and uh, I Will Always Love You on the same day. Yep. 
And like that is a thing that people talk about, but it is not something that she talks about. And every single three that I know would tell you that when they met you. Exactly. Right. They'd be like, hi, my name's so-and-so, and I wrote the two of the most famous songs in the world on the same day. That's how great I am. It's getting a breakup song. So yeah. George Harrison, uh, Stevie Nicks, and, and her, a lot of the energy, let's say, uh, from Nines is coming up and mm-hmm. into action when there's disconnection there. Yeah. Yeah. And part of how I got to this idea that she might be a nine is because I Will Always Love You is Whitney Houston's song and Dolly Parton is not demanding it back. Right. She is totally fine with someone else having this. It's not her song. That's fine. Uh, Jolene is a passive breakup song. Yeah. It's like, I see that you could do this thing to me. Please don't. And she's not mad at the guy that could be stolen by Jolene. She's begging with Jolene to not ruin her life. Yeah. Like it's it's so passive. I'll think of you each step of the way and I will always love you. fact that she has her hands in so many pies she is all over the place i think stems from her uh uh security at three just being really good at all of the things that she does and yeah what was the thing that she donated the money to that was it made a lot of headlines i mean which one she's she's all over the place she's like there was something in particular that was but she's also not commanding that attention that when she puts her name on something it's to help the thing get famous not herself right there you go actually yeah. so we're we're sitting there recording i type in dolly parton philanthropy and the first <laughs> i kid you not the first google uh hit says a timeline of dolly parton's yeah. philanthropy yes there it is yep. yeah <laughs> Yeah. And and she uses her fame and her position and her money and her power to to build other people up. And sometimes that's through shell corporations that are executive producing Buffy the Vampire Slayer and literally no one knows yeah. until years later. Like it, like she is all over the place and she's not com- demanding attention for it. Yeah. She's just trying to do good in the world. And then when she gets on stage, she puts on her character and and goes out and does the Dolly Parton thing. Yeah. The thing I was thinking of is that she donated a million dollars for research on the Moderna COVID vaccine. That, oh, sure. That's, yeah. That's what it was. Just right away. Just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Got to jump on that sucker. Get every, get everybody healthy. Mm-hmm. There, it's noticed, though, that it's also very physical. Uh, in terms of getting your body healthy, a vaccine is something, mm-hmm. you know, repelling disease. Yeah. And it feels very communal. It's like, mm-hmm. it's about us all. Yeah. It's good. All right, man. You want to talk about ones? Let's do it. Part of wanting to do this deep dive into music in the first place was uh, in the middle of the Barbie movie, there was a uh-huh. song that came up, and yeah. I immediately knew this is the top chart on my Enneagram One song list. Of like this Perfect. expresses the heart of a one. Uh-huh. It's the Indigo Girls closer to find. 
and it did <laughs> the fact that it was coming back around into the popular imagination i was like okay yeah maybe it's time it's time to do the list yeah it's finally time yeah <laughs> so i was inspired by the barbie movie that's really what i wanted to get to thanks greta gerwig <laughs> nailed it closer fine has all sorts of great one language for us to dive into and uh yep. just i'll just i'll just uh well take it away ladies I'm trying to tell you something about my life Maybe give me insight between black and white And the best thing you've ever done for me Is to help me take my life less seriously It's only life after all Yeah Do we even have to say anything about this? Like, it, can we just end the podcast now? Like, that's... <laughs> Like that's it. It's just like laid out for us. <laughs> I don't know that there's any Enneagram book that has done such a good job of of bringing in twelve different themes into one paragraph to say this is how one dancing it and smooshing it down <laughs> and like handing us a diamond. First, she's focused on her life and she's needing to tell somebody about this because she, she's looking for insight. So she is verbally processing about life itself. And what she really wants is insight into the difference between the black and the white as regarding her life. Mm -hmm. And let's also acknowledge that she says out loud that I am trying to verbal process this. Yes. <laughs> I need you to understand why I'm saying these things to you. Here's what's not said in this song. She feels bad about the fact that she had to verbally process all this thing, this stuff. Oh, yeah. And yeah. now she has oh, yeah. to thank somebody so that it uh -huh. feels like. I have to explain it to you. And then I have to explain why I'm explaining it to you. And also the best thing that you've ever done is help me take things less seriously. And I'm sorry, but also I need you to understand why I'm putting you through this. You're such a valuable person to me. I'm so sorry that I didn't get there on my own five weeks ago. <laughs> And those of us who love ones are like, man, just calm down. Just it's not that big a deal. It's it's fine. I got you. Just don't judge me for my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> well, darkness has a hunger that's insatiable. And lightness has a call that's hard to hear. And I wrap my fear around me like a blanket. I sail my ship of safety till I sink it. I think she she had found insight into life uh, in the first verse. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, she's stuck right back in the middle of seeing how terrible the darkness is and how much she, the, the, she wants the light. Mm -hmm. Completely goes against everything that's in that first verse, yeah? Yes. The amount of space between darkness and light is is hilariously far. Like, it, it it's... Like it's almost comedic. Yes. She she basically says, I need your help processing these things, and then says, I cannot possibly live in this world where like I'm I'm basically being invited to commit murder and I cannot possibly hear the things that are, are good for me. And it's like you just need to calm down. <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. You need some, it's some just, Bob Marley it's in your life. It's going to be all right, man. My favorite line here is, I sailed my ship of safety till I sank it. Guess whose fault that was? <laughs> yeah, it was her. It was her fault. It was her fault that it sank. 
you were a better captain of of your boat, <laughs> you wouldn't be crawling on other people's shores. You know what the problem is for for her? And this this may be a very healthy move, is that she's trying to get from her source some uh, objectivity. And she's Mm -hmm. naming that as the problem. Yep. Yep. Gotta loosen up, girl. The idea of there being more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line is also, I think, a, a very, it's a good expression of thinking repression as well. I agree. And also the, um, I went to the doctor, I went to the mountains, I looked to the children, I drank from the fountain. Like I, I did all of the things to try I did and all the things. figure out the right answer. Yeah. But the reality is there is more than one answer, and that's the thing that I can't actually do. Yeah. It's perfectly said. Yeah. She's going to all these places to find these insights as well, which is how the second verse yeah. starts. This yep. is going to make me a better person. I went to the doctor of philosophy. Normally, by the way, I mean, since we're going to cut on philosophers for a second, <laughs> <laughs> this might not be the worst place to go. But but here, here's the thing. Are we cutting on a doctor of philosophy so he or did you just hear it that way because anything <laughs> negative is completely negative the thing is is this doctor of philosophy has a poster of rasputin on his wall which is a huge tell this is not a trustworthy person no it's not it's a poster maybe he just really liked the artist you don't know i do rasputin. maybe rasputin had some good things to say <laughs> i'll let you do the research maybe this this doctor of philosophy likes Likes the way that Rasputin challenges people to think differently. Well, she's going to continue cutting him down. <laughs> so apparently she is suspicious. Okay. However, okay. here's the thing. She knocks out this guy's credibility. And then he yep. judges her. Yep. And when he does, she can't get out of it. It it seems to me like what you're saying is if someone is not worthy of <laughs> your energy, then you shouldn't spend energy on them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, hmm. She is judging him, and he judges her, but she can't get past the, his judgment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. is this. There's your window. You want to know what, where where some ones live? Always judging, and yet if the judgment's turned on him, ooh, it's it's not a need for approval. It's like a need for vindication yeah. or validation or oh yeah, like like I I need someone else to tell me that I'm good. He graded my performance. That is her putting herself forward. Yep. Putting her heart out there. Yep. She's not going to slack on that. That's going to be her full Correct. self. Yep. She, she is, there. there is some, she has a target in mind of doing things at a high level and well. 
And she needs someone who's sort of like, quote unquote, made it in that space. Yeah. To say that she's worthy. She wants somebody else to have the mindset of knowing what the standards are and saying, kid, yeah, you're hitting it. Yeah. So it's different from threes. She doesn't need a mirror. Right. She wants somebody who's familiar with the standards to tell her that mm-hmm. she's doing mm-hmm. a good job. Yep. And it does not matter that that person is not someone that she thinks is valuable. Yeah. It doesn't matter that that person is not a good representation of the thing that she's trying to achieve. Right, right, right. It doesn't matter that that person is like someone that she wants approval from. It's it's the position that they hold that represents the sort of like goodness approval yeah. that she seeks. She wants to be meritorious. It's it's the earning, and that's actually that's a great yeah. And it's actually how the it ends the second verse. That's about as well as she can do. Mm-hmm. Like, but she's clearly not satisfied. Right, hasn't found what she's looking for there. But she earned. She did the job. Right, and she was free. Can't can't understate the autonomy at play in how she has yeah. come to this whole situation as well. Yeah. Goes back yeah. to the chorus. And then, uh, but again, looking, she, the realization is that such, you know, definitives are not going to help satisfy her. Right. She's not fine right. when she's there. Yeah, it's said a different way. I'm fine when I don't seek definitives. I stop by the bar at as cloudy as I've been the night before and I went and seeking clarity I went this is again I, I don't know if there's much to say there aside from the thinking repression is still just again articulated well I also think this this is another way to represent the idea of looking for validation from someone who holds a position but isn't worth validating like like she goes to this place to clear her mind. Mm-hmm. And what actually happens is that she makes her mind more cloudy than it was before. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. She's she's spinning her wheels trying to to accomplish something that cannot be accomplished the way that she is spinning. Yep. If you want approval from someone who you don't actually approve of, then you're you're pushing a rock up a hill. Right. If you're gonna try to to drink away the confusion, <laughs> then like like it's just not gonna work. Right. This way that you're trying to to achieve the sense of of clarity is it's it's impossible to achieve it that way. That's that is the whole of the song. Is that all of yeah. these all of these earning attempts are targeting something that you're never going to get there. Right. And once you name that, you're going to be free. That's actually where the yep. freedom's found. The freedom comes from not trying to earn it anymore. Yeah. And that's how the last chorus works cuz and she even like brings everybody into it. We we look at these children. We do. We go to the we go to the fountain. Yeah, we go. 
That, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned it. That's the Indigo Girls and Emily Saylor, who's the author of the song. Great. You would think there would be a lot of one artist that I could identify. I just can't. Uh, but Yeah, we really struggled with the ones. <laughs> and the internet is no help. <laughs> Man, I Googled this, and it was just a disaster. By, by the way, Bono himself identifies as a three. So everyone out there who thinks a Bono is a one. Take that, internet. <laughs> Thankfully, one Paul McCartney is most definitely a one and has quite a few great songs to talk about. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, we could we could do a whole just, podcast episode on just, just him. Just on McCartney. We already <laughs> hit Hey Jude and uh, I forgot the other song that we, we covered in Love Songs. But another great conversation worth finding. It's our episode on love songs if you search for it. But we're gonna we're gonna hit some of the other masterpieces. We I put forth Paul McCartney in that love songs episode. And Kelly was offended. She's like, Oh, you just picked the best singer ever. You know, the best songwriter ever. <laughs> Make him a one. I see. But then immediately what came to her mind was this next song, which is We Can Work It Out. Uh-huh. It's again the case. Notice just this is just dripping with Enneagram mm-hmm. One language. Try to see it my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go While you see it your way. But a risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone. We can work it out. We can work it out. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a hint of that nine wing coming through on this. But no, it's prescriptive. Making the relationship better if you just listen to me Mm -hmm. and all the brilliant things I'm saying. We can work it out. You just have to see it my way. You just have to understand what what I'm where I'm coming from, and then change to be my yeah yeah. My way is the right way, which is exactly what the second verse says. We can work it out. You just have to change to my side, right? Then everything will be fine. I'm the right one. I'm the right one here. <laughs> I'm sure I've said this in the past. The only wisdom that my dad says he got from his ex-wife, who was a professional therapist, was in the midst of one of their fights, she turned to him and said, Mark, you can be right or you can be happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just solid gold. It's beauty right there. My dad's a one like myself, and that is just, that's some cut. That's just, that's some nuclear weaponry, actually. And I can just hear, like, the the minds of one spinning and, like, but well, but if I'm right, then when I want to be happy and being right, and, like, like you, so you're saying I need to be wrong to be happy and, like, just give up on being right. And it's like, the point is, when you are trying to argue that I am the right one and you are the wrong one, you're sacrificing the part of the relationship that that grows together. I have so many things going through my head right now. Um. <laughs> Stop thinking about that. Start thinking. Get back to come back to Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. <laughs> the the language just continues to drip on this front.
I have always thought that it's a crime. <laughs> it's a crime. And he sings that line for a while. So I'll ask once again, try to see it my way. again just dripping with this very black and white thinking in the midst of conflict Mm -hmm. saying fighting is wrong while perpetuating the fight (laughs) by refusing to back down like this is a very one thing this thing about black and white this thing about needing to be right can be very detrimental to your relationships (laughs) while at the same time you still think that fighting is wrong. Let me build on that, and then let me give a strong defense. <laughs> one, the, the the very unhealthy thing that ones want is intellectual surrender. Yeah, We want the person in front of us to not kneel to us. It's not about us. It's about the principle, the rightness or wrongness that we have yep. clearly exposed. Yep. And if you can't get there, there's a... there's a lack of connection now here's why just on the defensive side ones have no anchor in the past and they have no anchor in the future they are totally in the present so i i greatly encourage you to watch memento man that movie's great we are looking in the mirror every morning and all we have is tattoos on our chest that tell us how to function in the world Mm -hmm. that's where we live yep and we trust those tattoos more than anything yep and if it's the case that the principle breaks, we got to get some laser, you know, <laughs> laser uh, removal done. It It's not just about changing your mind. It's about removing a tattoo that you've that you've had for years. Ones can convert, but it is a yeah. huge move for them to right. intellectually surrender, as it were. Yep. There becomes, because we're thinking repressed, yep. that becomes the problem. And so one of the solutions is indigo girl solution. It's just like none of this matters. Just, you know, just be free. Just be a lot looser. Mm-hmm. That can be a healthy prescription. But what will end up happening is, is I'll, I'll tell you what the future is on this one. The one is going to crash if they're too loose. Yep. They're going to crash and you know what's going to happen? They're going to blame themselves. Mm-hmm. And that will create a cycle of that. Of I'm just going to be loose, crash. That was my fault. Yeah. And that's a really hard place to live. And so, unfortunately for us, we have to be in that space of living in the present, trying to get our minds around things because we're thinking repressed. And yet, the holding things loosely becomes a a, a, a target. Yep. But I need to think on that more. Yep. I need to hold that loosely. Take life a little less seriously, maybe. Just, just telling you when when the crash comes because you're taking life less seriously. It is it. Look at look at the eights in your life when they really lose it mm-hmm. on other people. Yep, that's what it looks like, and all yep. that anger is turned inwardly, and we're really good yep. at destroying ourselves. Yep. So there, there is there. There's like a gun shyness there. Like I don't want to be in that space of yeah. being so angry at myself. So let me just get some right principles. And I think that's good and important. And I also want to remind you and all ones listening that that is not the next step 
there are several steps in between here and there, in between what the Inigo girls are talking about and the crash. There's lots of space in between. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah, the, I, the, I, I think that there is, like in the idea of black and white, it's not just about right and wrong. It's also about if we start to look at the darkness, then we're fully sucked into the darkness. If like right. like that that idea of the corruption yeah. of of the evil being let in if i let this little teeny tiny sliver of something go badly in my life then i'm basically a murderer right that actually is really worth saying as probably the primary thing to think about yeah. here is that you yep. don't need to feel fear being corrupted mm-hmm. you're a good person yep you're a good person and if you screw yep. up it's just fine and and normal and and like it's not saying that you've all of a sudden taken license to let go of all morality hear me say that not being upset about making mistakes is not the same thing as letting go of morality there's space in between here and there we call that the gray area it's also the case gray area isn't bad it's normal Ones also need to name that oftentimes they are seeking to control situations through their principles mm-hmm. and outsourcing that, saying, no, I don't need to be in control. This principle is what's good and right, and this is how things ought to be. But really, right. ones like eights and nines want to have control over their spaces. Right. And that's how they're getting there. Yep. Um, you know what? Paul McCartney loosens up. That's an, he does. That's an early song. It, uh, Drugs, man. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing what weed will do for you. <laughs> hey Jude, a lot of his songs later end up having a different kind of tone, and there it's it's a move towards improvement. And we we when we did Hey Jude, Hey Jude is all about improving a situation. Yeah. A friend of his is getting divorced. He wants to make life better for his friend's kid. Yep. Take a sad song, make it better. That's actually pushing a little bit into some seventh space there, in fact. Which is like this tremendous security move. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very much a pulling somebody he cares about forward. Mm -hmm. So we hit Hey Jude in our our Love Songs episode, which you can find. (laughs) Golden Slumber. The outro to Abbey Road, I was looking this up. I was looking up just best Beatles charts, looking for what should we cover. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how well-loved the outro to Abbey Road is. It's when you hear it, you'll know the song, but it's not really a, like, I don't want to say it's a popular song. Once there was a way to get back Away. Get back home. Sleep pretty darling. Do not cry. And I will sing a lullaby. But this was apparently a, a song that was very important to McCartney because he ends all of his shows with Golden Slumber, Carry That Weight, and the end. Yeah. And um, so because it's important to him, I wanted to kind of bring it forward and again notice the optimism notice the the pulling people um notice the improvement once there was a way to get back homeward once there was a way to get back home sleep pretty darling do not cry and i'll sing a lullaby 
he's looking over a situation, it seems to me. How do you make this better? Well, I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to Mm -hmm. sing this great song over you, and it's going to improve your life. Yeah. There's a... uh, like an idealistic vision movement yeah. that that is really present in this song to me. I don't know if it's good. And and I also like thinking about like past, present, future, like l- thinking about these lyrics in terms of of the time. Like he's not he's not really saying that 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 place that we were, that home place is where we're going he's not really looking toward like what cool thing is on the is is in the future it's this like let's point our 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 compass back to the homeward place yeah it's not actually looking back it's saying how do i point back in that direction which is present 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 yeah i suppose the search for home, I suppose, is is probably something that matters to all of us, our visions of right. home. For one's physical space, mm-hmm. pulling you home is, is an idealism that's different from sevens and fours, it seems to me. Yeah. Seven's going to take you somewhere. You know, the idealism of fours is going to be much more yeah. introspective, you know, and engaging a way of seeing the world. Mm-hmm. But this is a very physical, I'm going to, let's go home. Don't you want to go home? Yeah. How things should yeah, be to where that—that's what the word home means, isn't it? Yep. Yep. At least, especially in his. But we could we could read that into this song very easily. Home is where things right. should be. Song transitions. This is kind of a medley. Um, song transitions to carry that weight. Just to say it, I don't know what it's about necessarily, but it's very physical, and obviously there's mm-hmm. like an earning going on here. There's if only you right. exert the effort. This is very one-ish. If only I exert the effort, then things will work out. Right. Goes into the chorus. Hint of self condemnation there, mm-hmm. and I also like at a at a fairly surface level. I also like that like there there's not in the middle of the celebrations. I break down, be, like I ones don't celebrate very well, right? <laughs> like that like when things happen and and like that celebration place is supposed to take that's supposed to be here ones are always regretting the thing that they didn't do that like examining what they could have done better yeah and how it wasn't perfect or like that thing is now over and we're ready to move on to the next thing when like let's let's start working as soon as we finished working we have to keep there there's more to do it's a awful side of 
being a one is once you've, you've done the work, you've done the work, you've done the work, you hit the place where you win. Yep. And what happens is that moves you into security. And guess what number you're at now? The one that wants to move the, on. You get into seven space and it's all yep. about going someplace else. Yep. In this. <laughs> yep. Yep. The one thing I wanted to, so you had asked at the coffee shop, uh, what do you think the, about the other Beatles? Because we didn't do John or Ringo, you know, as it were. Right. right. If you listen to Carry That Weight, mm-hmm. the voice you hear as everybody's kind of singing is Ringo's voice. He's like up above <laughs> everybody. I'm convinced Ringo is a three. If you see the sure. way that he puts forth his style, uh, yeah. it's uh, there's there's a lot to say here. He, but yeah, he's the one demanding the attention. He absolutely, nobody's giving is. it to him because who cares? Because Paul and Lennon, Paul Paul and John are up there, and and he's the one that's like, pay attention to me. Look at me. My name is Star. That is a man having to compete. If you're a three yeah. behind yeah. Lennon and McCartney. what's what's really funny to me on this front is in the drummer community Ringo is just this icon of I saw him especially guys who are like 10 or 20 years older than I am they're like I saw him on TV and that's what I wanted to be you know it's like bodybuilders with Schwarzenegger where they're like I, I saw him doing the thing and I was like I could do that sure you know now you say that but I also most of the drummers that I know that this subject has come up, Ringo Starr is not a drummer to emulate. I I don't know drummers, yeah. so like I could be totally wrong. It could just be the, like the the four people that I've talked to don't like Ringo Starr, but like, as go ahead, like just just how ironic that the three is the one that's <laughs> the least talented of the group. <laughs> Very few drummers would would be able to compete on that level in terms of the the talent of the rest of the band. But, but sure. there, yeah. of all things, there was a. I remember this real clearly. There was a magazine called Modern Drummer, uh-huh. and uh, and Ringo Starr was on the cover, and it was essentially that. It's like, why is everybody sure. so down on Ringo? And, and he mm, and he was frowning, yeah. kind of with his 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 look, <laughs> you know, sunglasses on clearly, and a yeah. very vibrant yeah. shirt. Yeah, because he may be at the top of his game, but he's standing next to, like, Questlove had hadn't been born yet, so we didn't have people that were like elevating drummers to this level. R- Ringo gets very creative by the end. If you listen to the beginning sure. of "Come Together," that's some serious creativity. Mm, sure. Yeah. The thing about Ringo that really ought to get praised is he does know that these other guys are amazingly talented and you don't want to get in the way of people who are yeah. the best in the world at what they do. Yeah. So so he comes on as the hype man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some flavor flavor in him. Which is a great place for a three. But uh, McCartney used him as his drummer even after the Beals broke up and then i think john did okay. also like okay. uh sure and i all, the only thing i remember from that article was it saying there was no metronome back in the day and ringo was so solid in terms of his grooves that people could easily um re-record tracks 
because he he was on on tempo so well and i suppose that's a big deal i could say this as a drummer like the thing about ringo's playing is it it's restrained but it i mean it's not basic it it really fills the space in a way that shows competence and not mm-hmm. in five way, but it's it's not a flashy three way, but it's very much like I do my job well, you know, kind yeah. of way. Yeah, I get that. I don't know that there's much to say about the end of the song. Oh yeah, all right. It's again it transitions to a to a third kind of med melody. Oh yeah, all right. Are you gonna be in my dreams tonight? And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. said this i remember this when we we talked about mccartney is sometimes he decides not to give you his inner life Mm -hmm. and he's a professional writing songs for teenagers yeah and sometimes like one's exposing their dark inner side this isn't where i'm gonna go right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give something that does the job yeah because at the at the end of the day the last thing at the concert is like it it's not surprising to me at all to hear that he chooses intentionally to end his concert this way over and over and over again because this regardless of if this is something from his own life this is something important to be communicated to the people that are out there that'll work i think that's it i think he sees this as a principle that's worth saying Yep. I, I hear it, and it's kind of like it's a mushy proverb. Like, okay, yep. yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I bet you it means something to him. Right. And he thinks he'll make the world better if people believed it. Right. Yep. Yep. Blackbird. I just want to hit the beginning just because it's, again, a very popular song, but notice. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. All your life You were only waiting For this moment to arise Notice the, the improvement there mm-hmm. Notice the taking mm-hmm. a sad song And making it better To quote a different yeah. song I mean it's just all over that yeah. chart Yep, I agree Yeah, it, it's, it's prescriptive And intending to be sort of um, inspiring Yeah Yeah might be 10 songs from the 20th century that are played a thousand years from now. And if I was putting my money on one of them, I would, I think Let It Be wouldn't, wouldn't be the worst bet. Sure, yep. Real simple song. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be, 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 whisper words of wisdom, let it be. I got lots to, to say there, but anything hit you? Uh... The more I seek 
my source for some definitive. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> the closer I am to fine, or the less I seek my source for some definitive. I so this is that's a great call, and I think mm-hmm. that let it be is a better message. I agree because he does go to the source. Yep, and she says you need to embrace serenity, and that's the yeah. the virtue for ones. I mean it. In in their defense, the the Inigo girls went to a doctor of philosophy who had a poster of Rasputin, but 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 Paul here, he went to Mother Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now I'm not Catholic, but I think McCartney's choice was was far superior. Yeah, the, this much wiser. I have no problem believing that that Paul wrote this more more pro- as a projection than an actual like representation of his position at the time but this represents this the the wisdom the the experience the the place of a of a one really coming to understand that the world is as it is and I am in my place in it yeah and that is an okay place to be. You'll notice the one turn, he immediately after coming to that realization makes it prescriptive. And when the broken hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be. But though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. Now it's about we gotta we we gotta get this message out there so that other people believe it so that other people likewise are healed. We gotta fix things yes. so that people understand and and we fix it by helping people understand to just let it be. The nine move uh, like a nine wing on on that and the though they may be parted, there's still a chance they will see. There will be an answer. Let it be. There's a there. He has a deep desire for connection i suppose both on the nine and the Mm -hmm. two you know Mm -hmm. a balance in there if you want people to care about each other and i also think that 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 line in particular represents a wisdom that a lot of ones don't have um which is is offering the opportunity for other people to get better or to or to join you or to like take the the whatever it is that you're offering and let it be meaningful Mm -hmm. but also not trying to tell them that is what they have to do yeah yeah there you go they may be parted but there's still a chance that they will see it's an open-ended posture if they don't it it is very open let it be itself is an openness yeah that's it it would be a contradiction to (laughs) force let it be this on others Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) don't you realize this is the thing that will heal your heart (laughs) I'm imagining my 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 kids when they were very small and they're crying and you're just like, you need to go to sleep. You need to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You would. Mm-hmm. How do you not understand <laughs> that the thing that you want is to sleep? So just sleep. Don't you realize you need to go to bed? I know you're upset. That's why I gave you food that you wouldn't eat. And now you're upset because you're hungry and you wouldn't eat the food that I gave you. 
And when the night is cloudy, there is still a light that shines on me. Shine until tomorrow, let it be. I wake up to the sound of music, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. There's the imagery again. It's not, it's not just that things are illuminated in the Indigo Girls or in McCartney here. It's there. There is a deep desire for the light, as it were. Yep. Yeah, light as as opposed to darkness. Like even in the darkest part of night, even in my worst self, there's still goodness yeah. in me. Good word here for it. This just give me two seconds to be a Bible nerd, but let it be is what Mary says when the angel says, you will be with child, and she says, let it be, according to your yeah. word, right? It parallels the beginning of the Bible in which God says, let there be light. And the, the creation right. of something beautiful is coming out of that space. I do like the, mm-hmm. like like God can say, let it be, and things come into being, Mary is not passive. She's active in embracing what is going on as something good. Yeah. There's a, there's an activity there yeah. that matters. There's a difference between saying let it be and it is what it is. Yeah. Just, just do what you want, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, it's Yeah, the 9 says it is what it is. Accepts what's happening. The 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 one in in sort of the like the healthiest response says let these things like it, it's an invitation to let the things happen yeah. serenity all over this it's also the case moving to the high side of the stress number for ones moves them into four space high side four space yeah. is equanimity i'm sure i've said this before mm-hmm. but it just it just rings to me here of uh, being able to see goodness and and value Maybe not goodness. Being able to see value and purpose, and something, you know, worth celebrating in all the things, is yeah. some is something that that ones can get in four space that allows them also yep. push into that serenity. Yeah, fours live in a world where not everything needs to be fixed. Right, and and when ones pick that up, it's a good thing for them. It's, uh, if you want an exercise, it's really, and we we go into this in our episode. It's on the Start Here podcast, but we do an episode on the high side of all the numbers. And one of the things that we do mm-hmm. is we talk about the high side of our stress and security numbers as well. Yep. That's a great exercise. Yep. You want some some place to help you grow? Look at the high side of your stress number and the high side of your security number, and you're going to see some places that just have a lot of energy, yep. healing energy in them. One that I am, I need to prescribe some stuff apparently (laughs) (laughs) just remember kids the love you take is equal to the love you make (laughs) that's what i got you got anything else no i think that's that i suppose we think we're good i I said that way too quickly there's probably announcements at this point in time this has been a good dive i'm i'm fine with ending here couple couple (laughs) quick things one if you didn't all right, so a lot of you listen to our episodes on twos, threes, fours, fives, sixes, and then you skip the sevens and the eights. I can see the numbers. Those are two of the best podcasts we've done. I love the <laughs> hell out of those podcasts. They're, how often do TJ and I throw out all sorts of our like actual 
opinions, deepest thoughts, filled with profanities yeah. about the world and everything in it. it, it okay, <laughs> let let's let's acknowledge the possible reality that that it could be that twos, threes, fours, fives, and sixes all listened to twos, threes, fours, fives, and sixes, and sevens and eights were too busy to be bothered by it. Gotta share those episodes with with your seven and eight friend and just say, this is amazing. First, listen to it and then share it. Second, we're continuing to have uh, meetings on Zoom and we have an event in Colorado in February. And if you want links to that, just go to aroundthecircle.org. TJ, we've mentioned Patreon last time for the first time in a year and had a bunch of people sign up. Oh, fun. I was shocked. Cool. I forgot we had a Patreon. We do. That's... That's not true. I didn't forget. If you support that. Patreon, we're not going to give you anything. <laughs> we're going to give you lots of thanks and love and 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 tell you how amazing and you are. It is the case, however, that the page, the money that comes in on Patreon is really, really valuable because it allows us to, to do a lot of stuff with the, the quality of the recordings that we do, especially mm-hmm. with our guests. Yep. Um, yep. So if this podcast matters to you, if the quality of the podcast matters to you, if you support us five bucks a month, it actually means quite a bit. If you want to support us 50 bucks a month, we take that money. We're in. And yes. do great things with it. But let it be. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I got. You got anything else? Okay. Normally I say I got nothing here, but I like it is hilariously at, at the very last thing that we say in this entire series, I want to make sure to just double down on acknowledging that we do not know any of these people's types. We're guessing and we're trying to make examples out of all of this music to sort of point to type we are holding all of this loosely and the point was to be able to point toward a bigger truth we know that elton john didn't write his words we know that now and we might do this differently we already apologize for elton john (laughs) sir elton john (laughs) It actually does reinforce TJ and I. We've we've done quite a bit of work on Enneagram, yeah. and still we get this these sorts of things wrong all the time when trying to type oh, yeah. other people. Yeah, this, this is why it's just a bad move. <laughs> Send them our podcast; they can type themselves, and then you have something to talk about. There you go. Oh, you know who the one is that we could have circled back to was uh, uh, T Swift. That, there, if you really want to get into some more ones, it could be the case. The Taylor Swift is likewise a one. Yep. Although and our whole discussion about her is a fantastic example of what we're talking right. about right now. A lot of folks, uh, the 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 other type, a lot of people sent me notes saying that they thought she was a three, and so that might have split sure. the difference between us. So, anyway, all right. Well, <laughs> you're the man. He's T.J. Wilson. He's officially awesome. I've never had to do that. You always say I got nothing, and so I don't know yeah, how to transition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the, you know, that's that's where we're at. TJ's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook. Who you aren't isn't interesting. And the, the love you take is equal to the love you make.